Welcome to episode 18 of Necronomenon. This is a horror film podcast where we will review and discuss horror films and the influences behind them. We are your hosts, Matt and Jenna, and today we're going to be talking about the Rob Zombie film 31. The new film uh, that I believe you can watch now if you want through various online streaming services, is that right? Yep, it came out September 16th on Video On Demand. Right, cool. So yeah, I think it's on iTunes, <clears throat> and I think it's on Amazon and some other places as well. It should be out pretty soon, the end of October, on DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah. This had a very, very limited uh, cinema run. It was one night only, I believe, September 1st. Mm-hmm. We actually drove up to Massachusetts about an hour and a half away just to see it, because it was the closest cinema playing it. Yep. We were very excited, because we like Rob Zombie. Yeah. Yeah, we're big fans. Yeah. This premiered at Sundance, actually, this yeah. year. Yeah, pretty cool. So this is his new film written and directed by him, Rob Zombie. Yep. He may not need an introduction, but in case he does, uh, he is a musician, traditionally. He was frontman for the band White Zombie for a very, very long time. Back in the 80s and 90s. Uh, which you may have heard of them, probably heard of them. Uh, and then he went off to do his own thing, uh, just just Rob Zombie, um, his band. With, with some people who he'd done music with in the past, and then he's just kept that up for, for many, many years, and he's rotated out band members and stuff, and now he's kind of settled on, I think, a pretty solid lineup for yeah, the band. Yeah, it's a great lineup. So they're, you know, we went and saw them the other week, actually, as we well. Saw them, yeah, we actually <laughs> saw them two days before we went to see this movie. So that was a pretty yeah. cool Rob Zombie week. Yeah, so he does a lot of stuff, uh, musically, and, and he's doing a lot of film stuff, too. Mostly he's doing horror films, but he, I believe he's trying to branch out. We can talk about that later, maybe. Mm-hmm. On that note, the music for this film, 31, uh, was written by John Five. That's right, he's the guitarist for the band Rob Zombie. Yeah. Um, and and he's an incredible guitarist. Yeah. It underutilized often in, in Oh, definitely Rob in Zombie. Rob Zombie. He has his own solo stuff. But yeah. It's a lot of shredding. Uh, it gets, I don't know, it's terrific, but it gets a little bit boring at times. I think it's very technical. Yeah. I find, because I play guitar and I mm-hmm. love listening to that stuff, but I can't listen to it constantly because it demands my attention because I'm kind of, I think the point is to be impressed. That's uh, right. You know, in a way, because right. he is very good. Same with, you know, people like Steve Vai and, and um, Joe Satriani and, yeah. and all those guitarists. Like, yes, they're very, very good, but I can't listen to it constantly because, like I said, I, I kind of want to be paying attention to it. It's kind of just showing off their abilities when they do it like that. Sort of, I don't, yeah. No, I don't mean that. No, I mean, no, like, I know. Yeah. I can see the appeal. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but but in, in Rob Zombie, he plays fairly straightforward mm-hmm. rock metal songs. So. Yeah, he's got a couple of solos, but they yeah. they don't really use him to his full potential. But that's okay because it works with the band. And I've got to say that the score for this is not like that at all. Anyway, it's... no, it really doesn't stand out that much. Right, which is, I mean, that that sounds like a, a negative, but it's it's not. Like you're not supposed to notice the music right. in the film. It's perfect for a film. Yeah, that's actually there's a trend uh, recently in films for the music to be kind of. Unmemorable. Uh, well, no, I mean, they, they want these iconic scores, like, uh, you know, like, you know... Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Yeah, Jurassic whereas Park, apparently, traditionally the music was kind of, you know, was supposed to just be there to um, to enhance the mood. You weren't really even supposed to notice it. Um, and I think in this, um, it, it does a really good job of increasing the tension without being... Without taking away from the film. Yeah, I never felt like the music was in the way. The film stars... 
Sherry Moon Zombie, uh, as Rob Zombie's films often do, uh, his wife. He really reuses his cast in mm. almost every film he does. A lot of the actors from 31 have been used in The Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses. Mm-hmm. Um, more recently, in Lords of Salem. Yeah, he uh, he said that he likes to expand as he goes along, bringing on new people, but bringing back mm-hmm. you know the people that he enjoyed working with and all that kind of thing. And he has a tendency to use his close friends, mm-hmm. yeah. whether it be to help out on set or just as an actor. Yeah, it makes sense because this, this kind of film in particular... Uh, can be fun to work on, but also stressful. So I think if you're having fun with friends, uh, maybe that can help <laughs> with the stress. Yeah, they didn't have a very long filming time for this. I think mm. it was something like 20 days or 30 days. Yeah, he put a lot of pressure on himself with this one. Mm-hmm. So we've got Sherry Moon Zombie as Charlie. Jeff Daniel Phillips as Roscoe. Uh, I haven't seen him in anything before, I don't think. No, neither have I. Uh, he was good. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Hilton Jacobs as Panda. I'm not familiar with him either. He was in Welcome Back, Carter. I've heard of that. Back in the 80s. Okay. <laughs> but I, I don't recognize him as anything since then. Actually, yeah. I don't even recognize him from that. That was a long time ago. <laughs> um, Meg Foster as Venus, who I do recognize from Masters of the Universe mm-hmm. with Dolph Lundgren. She was also in They Live, which was a right. great movie. Yeah, that's um, John, John Carpenter. Carpenter. With Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yep, yep. Yeah. About aliens. (laughs) If you haven't seen that one, go see it. It's amazing. It's really goofy and fun. Um, Kevin Jackson as Levin. Um, Malcolm McDowell, who obviously I'm very familiar with. Yep, he's a friend of Rob Zombie. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was in the Halloween remakes Mm -hmm. as um, Professor Loomis, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he played uh, Father Murder in this. Um, He's a great actor. Well, he's he's actually very famous. He was in Clockwork Orange and... Mm -hmm. Uh, a, a lot of stuff, you know, from the 80s and 90s. I think he's Rob Zombie's A-team. Yeah, right. Oh, and uh, yeah, Star Trek, Generations he was in. He's, yeah. You, you'd know Malcolm McDowell. If you don't know the name, when you see a picture of him, you'll go, oh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Richard Brake as Doomhead. He was in Batman Begins. Yep, I remember but, him. But I that. don't remember him. He he really stood out in 31. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he plays Doomhead, who's kind of the... The big bad guy, I guess. Well, uh, when of. we really explain what the movie's about, we'll tell you who mm. each of these characters is. But yeah, he was kind of the murder expert. Yeah. He's like the first character you see, I think, in the film. Yeah. Um, and he was good. His performance was very good. I liked him. Poncho Mola, a sick head. Fun fact about him. <laughs> um, he was the first professional little person skateboarder in the world. That's <laughs> That's really interesting. That sounds like such a demeaning thing. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, when you see the film, I don't, I don't know that being known <laughs> yeah. as a skateboarder, skateboarder is particularly demeaning. No, that's right. He plays a little. He plays a Nazi, a Spanish-speaking Nazi midget clown. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, I don't think he's too concerned. I'll be honest about he, the terminology. I'll be honest. He was probably the highlight of the film. Oh, for totally. Me. He was the creepiest one. He was fucking terrifying. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, kudos to him. Yep. Like terrifying. David Uri as Schizo Head. Lou Temple as Psycho Head. They came together. Uh, the, the Chainsaw Brothers, right? Yeah, the clowns, yeah. the killer clowns. Uh, and Torsten Vogues as Death Head, 
and Elizabeth Daly as Sex Head. Elizabeth Daly, you may not know the name, but you definitely know her voice. Uh-huh. She was Tommy Pickles yeah, in Rugrats. Which is very creepy when you see the film. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we don't want to talk too much about spoilers, because, uh, I mean, you may not have had a chance to see the film yet. No, um, there's not... It's not really too much but, to spoil it. But, it's a pretty simple concept. Exactly. So we'll talk pretty freely, um, I guess. It, it, it's Once you hear what the concept is, it's going to be fairly apparent mm-hmm. <laughs> what the plot is. Uh, it's not um, It's not a super complex film. No, not at all. So you want to run us through the main storyline? Sure. Uh, this movie takes place on Halloween night. It follows five carnival workers who are... I guess part of a convoy, but mm-hmm. you don't ever see anybody else. They're all traveling together in a bus, um, and they are taken hostage by, well, I guess some goons, right? Just yeah. On faceless goons. Yeah, kidnapped. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're taken hostage and brought to a compound called Murder World, mm-hmm. where there are a few aristocrats played by Malcolm McDowell. Yep. Um, who seem to be running this game. That yes. they're now a part of. And the carnival workers or the hostages now have to survive the night. So they have to survive 12 hours of whatever the aristocrats throw at them. Yeah, and they're betting on this game. Yeah, it seems like it. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't really get explained. Um, like, why or anything. But that that is the plot. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of told from the point of view of the hostages. Right, right. So I guess you really don't find out much more information than they already have. Yeah, true. Although, I mean, you do see things that they don't see. You do. So, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just not done super, super well. And I guess that's why it didn't do so well, the box... Well, not the box office, really, because it just, it didn't it yeah. didn't get released, <laughs> but it didn't do well with the critics. Yeah, so it's got a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb, uh, and 19% on Metacritic, which is, I think, quite bad because Metacritic's usually higher because... I think fans are because often it's fans, yeah. yeah, they're often a bit more uh, generous mm-hmm. <laughs> with films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. This actually did better than House of a Thousand Corpses. Right, okay. Which I find surprising because yeah. I think overall House of a Thousand Corpses is a better movie. I or, do too. Yeah. I mean it's a li- it's a little out there. Sure. But it does come together better than this one did. Yeah, overall, at the end of House of a Thousand Corpses, I, I felt like it was fully wrapped up, and there was not yeah there was not information that you were missing. Yeah, sure. This well, we could talk, we talk about it. This this has more flaws that I saw as filmmaking flaws, mm-hmm. or rather process flaws, or something like that. Yeah. Like when I think about the things that are wrong with with Thirty One, it's less about execution and more about you know other things. Right. Um. It- the film didn't do as well mm-hmm. as Saint, uh, Lords of Salem mm-hmm. or The Devil's Rejects. Right. Which well, I also find surprising because I don't I don't really, out of all of his films, I don't rate Lords of Salem very high. Okay. I, I think it's more complete. And I do think from like, uh, I mean, he's, he, we, we saw a Q&A with him, a filmed Q&A with him afterwards, they showed mm-hmm. us. And he said that, uh, I, I think it was in the Q&A he said this. That Lords of Salem, he was trying to uh, light things differently and make it like kind of creepy. And with this one, with Thirty One, he was trying to make it more of a straightforward horror film. Right. So I can see if you're into film, Lords of Salem might have more for you. But I don't feel like 
Rob Zombie fans are yeah, people right. who are into film. Sure. Yeah, they're not, not worried about, you know, the film stock or the right. <laughs> the cinematography. They're into the the guts and the chainsaws, which mm-hmm. this has in abundance. It does, yeah. Um, and Devil's Rejects, uh, well, I can see why people might like Devil's Rejects more. Like, it's it's kind of more, um, I felt like... Uh, it's more a little in- more mainstream, I feel, than House of a Thousand Corpses. Devil's Rejects? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but, I mean, it's got, you know, because the, the, I think he said in an interview, too, that the people have often told him that their favorite scene is the one in the hotel room in Devil's Rejects. Where, really? Yeah, where he's, uh, what's that character's name? Bill Mosley's character? Otis yeah. is terrorizing the the family and everything, apparently. And so he, that's why he tends to focus on that stuff in, in the horror ones that he's right. doing. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, because I, I don't know. I wouldn't agree, personally. No, I think House of a Thousand Corpses was was better. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I like it more as well. But that's because it's got more monsters, I think. And I'm more interested in monsters. Right. And the doctor. With rednecks. Yeah. Doctor, yeah. See, Doctor Satan is more interesting and scary to me than... Hillbillies, <laughs> but I can also see why people might be more scared of hillbillies because that's a more, you know, like if you're walking down the street, you're more likely to encounter a hillbilly than you are Doctor Satan. Well, but House is a combination of those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Devil's Rejects really has no supernatural stuff, right? Which I think is why it rates lower on my <laughs> on my scale because mm-hmm. I like that stuff. So, um, thirty one uh, was crowdfunded. Yes, it was crowdfunded on uh, fanbacked.com. Mm-hmm. And those goons that we spoke about before that take the carnival workers hostage, yeah. those are actually fans that funded the film. Right. So they got to be in it. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. It had 8,620 backers. Um, I couldn't find how much it actually made. Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that was hidden. Yep. When they were doing the the campaign, because I remember trying to look up that stuff when mm-hmm. he was doing it, because I, I didn't I didn't end up backing it. I, I thought about it, but then I, from memory, I think the backing tiers were quite high, like in order for you to get anything. Well, which makes sense because he's trying to fund a film. Yep, there have been some problems with that actually, with people demanding their rewards. Like any crowdfunding thing, people don't seem to understand that you're not paying for the actual item. Right, you're paying to help somebody make something yes so the 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 physical thing that you get is a reward for having funded the thing in the first place that's right but you're not just outright buying yeah it's not amazon the reward yeah right so people are uh getting a little irritated that it's taking so long to receive their items yeah now this movie only came out it was released in cinemas that one day september 1st yeah so that's three and a half weeks ago yeah right it wasn't very long so people are demanding that their autographed DVDs and Blu-rays and the autographed copies of the scripts come right. in. They're upset that they haven't they haven't been released yet. Right, but the DVDs don't the exist. The DVD's not out yet. Yeah. So Rob Zombie jumped on Facebook, as he often does, yeah. to clear up any misconceptions about <laughs> it. And I like when he does this because he is very open with the fans. Yeah. And he's a little bit hostile sometimes. Well, he's very matter-of-fact about yeah, it. Like, because he's, he's like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if he thinks people are in the wrong, he'll he'll speak his mind. Right. So he said at no point was the DVD advertised as a DVD that you would receive before the release of the film. That is something that some of you have confused. All it said was get a signed DVD of the film and you will get it as soon as it gets manufactured. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Yeah. He said, I know it seems like a long wait, but keep in mind 
you ordered a DVD of a movie that didn't exist yet. <laughs> yeah. The movie biz is fucking slow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's true. Like, you, mm-hmm. you gave him money to make the film, and then as a reward, you were going to get a DVD. So, you know, they've got to make it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I assume, like, you know, this was crowdfunded, but I assume he's still trying to sell it to distributors and stuff like that. Like, however, you know, it got released in some cinemas. I'm assuming he was probably trying to get it released in more that's right so you've got to hold out on those de- like the way it works in in the film industry is if you have a film and you want to sell it to a distributor they probably won't touch it if you've already sold a bunch of dvds yeah because where are they going to get their money from so yeah i think him sending out the dvds now would have been problematic and i mean it's all happened very quickly too like it came out in september and the dvds come out about six weeks later. Yeah. That's not a very long time to no, wait. It's pretty. That's pretty quick. And if you wanted to see it that badly, you could have gone to a cinema. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could have driven like we did. Well, I mean, they, these people probably already got a digital copy of it as that's well. That's right. Like, yep. I'm, I'm not they just 100%. want their autographed DVD. Yeah. Makes sense. It does in a way, but also, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you helped him fund the project. That, yeah. That was I, really I think all that's the main, the main thing people need to get their head around, especially Kickstarter is the same. People, mm-hmm. people back something on Kickstarter and then they complain that, you know, I bought this thing. Where is it? And it's like, well, you didn't buy it, sort of. Right. <laughs> um, he did actually have trouble getting it into cinemas. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was very gory. Yeah. Um, it went through several cuts before it could be rated R. Yeah. Because originally it was NC-17. Yeah, right. And cinemas just won't show that. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised at how gory it was for a release in a cinema. I remember when we saw Evil Dead, even, I was surprised that got oh, yeah. screened in Australia. And this was... That was the same very... that it was just a one-time special thing. I think. Yeah. Um, this was, I think, definitely more bloody yep. and gory. Yeah. Uh, which kind of says a lot, I guess, since it literally rains blood in Evil Dead. Um, <laughs> there's some very bloody scenes in this, in 31. Um, and also, I think it's it's uh, very... It's violent, gory kind of mm-hmm. thing, which I think changes people. Like when, when they rate a film, I think the context of violence matters. And I think this, in particular, 31, they would have looked harshly on because of... Psycho killers. And yeah, the nature of the Nazi violence clowns. is very, very intense. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, so, do you want to tell us how Rob Zombie came up with the idea for this film? Right. So, as we said, we watched the Q&A after we saw the film. Um, it was just a special at the theater that we went to. They played the film. Mm-hmm. They played a couple of his new music videos for mm-hmm. his new album that hadn't been released yet. A bit of cross-promotion. Yep. <laughs> and then... They played a 30, 40 minute um, interview with Rob Zombie yeah, about the making of the film. Some behind the scenes footage and stuff. It was good. It was interesting. Yeah, yeah it definitely was. But I kind of learned a bit about Rob Zombie and it seems like this is the <laughs> same way he makes his records. Yeah. Um, he kind of just, well, look, we've joked that some of his songs with their titles, we've joked that he kind of just flips open a dictionary, picks a word. Mm-hmm. flips to another page and picks a word because none of them make any sense. Yeah. And I feel like he is slowly descending into the, the Charles Manson character that he's been <laughs> yeah. been aiming for <laughs> for all these years. Uh-huh. Yeah, word salad. Yeah. Yeah. So he says that he had been working on the movie Broad Street Bullies for a couple of years, mm-hmm. which is a film, it's a true life film 
about the hockey team, the Philadelphia Flyers. And mm. that does not sound like anything that Rob Zombie would do to no, me. No, but I want to see it. I want to see what he would do with like, that. Like, But what about that is interesting to Rob Zombie? I, oh, I just don't see maybe it. Maybe he really loves hockey. I yeah. don't know. But like, I don't know. I, I When I read that, I was like... I would love to see him do something like that because right. it's so completely different from yeah. what he's been doing. Like, I would, I'd like to see how he would do that. Well, he wasn't getting anywhere with it. Because <laughs> apparently people don't want to see that from Rob Zombie. <laughs> yeah. Well. And he was, he said he was on the phone with, like, his, the producer or something. I don't remember who it was. Do you remember he who never, was? Re- I don't think he said who it was. I don't think he mentioned it. Well, he got angry and he said... I bet I could make up a movie right now on the phone in one second that we could sell and get made before I ever get this made. And then he said, five people get kidnapped on Halloween night, get taken to this place, and they have to fight to survive against clowns. Like, Mm -hmm. bam, that's it. And the company said, yeah, that, we want that. Yeah, make it. (laughs) So it wasn't really a well-developed idea to begin with. Right. Yeah. I mean, and his primary influence... uh in writing it was a statistic he read somewhere yeah we'll talk about that a little bit later yeah so because i don't know where he got his sources from right yeah so he came up with that concept uh and then kind of i guess tried to write a script around it um Mm -hmm. and then and then they did the crowdfunding and then they shot it really like really really quickly like yeah like 20 something days right Yeah. yeah so um and that's basically the story of the film (laughs) <laughs> yeah which is uh, a little anticlimactic it's not like a, a passion project or anything i guess it's just a uh, you know it just uh, sounded like what can we make money off of yeah like, like i want to make a film what can i do for you people like, not i mean not necessarily i give him more credit than that like i said i mean because we are fans of rob zombie and he is good at what he does i think like the, the, as much as I, I often will make fun of you know his albums based on the the lyrics. And oh, the, totally! And also when you see him live and he doesn't even bother singing right. every word, he has the he audience just... sing it for him. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like a Rob Zombie apologist. Yeah, I like, mean, I love that guy. They put on a great show. Like the film, like I said, I mean, this is not my favorite film. It's not even my favorite Rob Zombie film, but it, it was fun. I liked I, this I, one actually. I enjoyed it. Like it's entertaining. Like, I definitely saw its flaws, but I still enjoyed this one. I actually yeah. liked it better than Lords of Salem. I think he's a talented and guy. Than Halloween. Yeah, right. He's a talented guy and and he's I think he's like feeling out what it is he can and can't get away with maybe. Or what it is that his fans like. Because like I yeah. said, he's very brash with his fans. Yeah. So people will will message him or, you know, post on mm. Facebook and stuff and be like, oh, this one sucked. And he's like, I don't know what you people want. Like, <laughs> last time you liked this, this time yeah. you don't. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, uh, I mean, there are bands that I like that are very technical metal bands, mm-hmm. right? And there's a reason that, that, you know, like I listen to it and I go, wow, that's really, like, impressive. And with Rob Zombie, I like, I don't do that, but like, they're fucking catchy. And it, and like he's just got some yeah. some chemistry about him, and I feel like he he likes to experiment with that, mm-hmm. um, and like like strip it back. Like for example, you know you you had for the first Rob Zombie album, which was like kind of had grandiose stuff with all the it was kind of like an old TV show kind of thing, and that and then you bring it back, and then now on the on the new ones, it's like the songs are all two minutes long. Oh, the new ones, and and it's just ho- it's all just hooks. Like it's not yeah, uh, and 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 the, it's not about anything. It's just what rhymes and, and, and is catchy. Right. The new ones are not my favorite albums, 
mm. but I still do enjoy them. Yeah. And then maybe, like, maybe we're wrong and it's just that's how it comes across. Right. And he, they really are. They're like, putting their heart into yeah, it. Yeah, like They're he's just... sitting there tearing his hair out trying to come up with these I, these lyrics and stuff. But I don't think so. Jesus what? Frankenstein. Jesus yeah, Frankenstein. It. Perfect. <laughs> Great song. Mm-hmm. But like, what the fuck is it about? All hail. All hail Jesus Frankenstein. But yeah, and then same with the film. I feel like he came up with a great concept uh, and then was like, wouldn't it be awesome if this happened in a film? And then they made a film about it, which that's fine. Right. But it's not, um, you know, it's not the Shawshank Redemption or... uh... (laughs) No, and this isn't really his primary thing either, directing and writing films. Right. He is a musician and this is kind of just a hobby that he seems to enjoy doing. Yeah. So there are definitely many flaws with the making of the film. Yeah. Yeah. But I, those are forgivable because it's kind of just watching a bigger scale, a film that you made with your friends. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, that's what it feels like. And that, again, that might be why we like it because yeah. we have been following him for so long that it feels like it's familiar and it's someone we like and right. he's made a film and it's like, look, oh, it's always making a film. Yeah. And then he gets <laughs> actual actors in it and you're like, oh, wow, I'm so happy yeah. for Rob Zombie. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so, uh, what did you think of the plot overall? Um, I did. I really liked the concept of it. Mm-hmm. But then I don't feel like it was really fully developed enough. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, these five people that were taken hostage are carnival workers. Uh-huh. Right. And then they're thrown into this compound murder world where they're killed by clowns and things like that yeah yeah so these are all like that would tie in together they work at a carnival there would be clowns there they would know more about it i feel like their characters just didn't go further than just saying they work for a carnival it's all very superficial yeah yeah like they didn't have any carnival knowledge they didn't use any of that to fight well we don't know anything about any of them no at any like we never learn about their backstory or anything no i know that the five of them know each other yeah, and work right. together. And they're part of a carnival, but where is the carnival? They talk about a broken Ferris wheel or, or yeah. merry-go-round or, or something at some point at the start, but, but where is that? But I feel like if you were going to say that that's what they are, mm. they could have used those skills in some way. Right. Like yeah. if one of them is a mechanic, like yep. that's or there's like, a broken elevator door. Can yeah. you fix that? Can like, I don't know. I just felt like it was a little bit underused. Sure. Yeah, it was it was a fact that was then yep. irrelevant. Also, um, with McDowell's character, Father Murder, yeah, and then the I think they're called the Murder Sisters, right? Um, that was cool because they they could watch all of the hostages on the TV screens. They were the ones who chose what um, kind of monster, sure, like, who to what, send in, what killer was going to go yeah. in next. Yeah, I feel like they could have had more say over what happened to the hostages like right. they they showed at one point that they were able to drop doors down or mm-hmm. lock doors but they they only did that once yeah they never tried to move them to an area so that they could watch the game play out mm-hmm. because this compound was huge so they could yeah. easily hide for hours and the killers could never find them yeah so i feel like father murder had plenty of opportunities to push them together mm. or to do something else that was interesting 
Yeah. And again, who who is he? Who are they? That's right. Like yeah. what they're betting. You see them betting, but what is this? But you don't like, even know. They're just betting on the odds of who can survive. Yeah. And that's all. Like, and I, I feel like that could even work if totally. if, if we knew more about the, mm-hmm. the, the five victims. Like if yep. you, if you were following if you were looking at the victim's perspective, right, exclusively like and you only ever saw Father Murder and the Murder Sisters right. from from their point of view, that would work. Except you don't. You you do see cutaway shots of them discussing things that the that the five victims would have no knowledge of. So right. we we know things that the the main characters do not, mm-hmm. but we don't have any context for any of it. Right. Again, it's very superficial. They yeah. just show that this exists, but you don't know why, and yeah. you don't know how this even came to be. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know what you need to for the film, but mm-hmm. it is like it just raises so many questions, yep. and it's kind of unfulfilling at the end. Like, like what, what was all that about? Another thing that really bummed me out was when um, I saw all of the concept art for the film. Yeah. So he'd been posting. Rob Zombie had been posting this stuff for a while, um, as it was developed because it was a fan-funded project. Yeah. It was kind of keeping people abreast of what was happening. Uh, and then afterwards, we had a look at some of the concept art again after seeing the the film version. Yeah. The concept art is so much better. Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe they just didn't have time or money to right. do all of that stuff. But yeah, like even even the poster, the poster with the um, with the clowns. The clown? on it, yeah, it, the the film is not. I don't feel like the film is actually the same as what the poster is mm-hmm. like with the you know with the, the do you know what i'm talking about the painted one with the clowns yep. like there's a, there's a gang of clowns yep, yep yeah that's not what the i it didn't the film didn't capture that no in my opinion no and um uh death head and sex head too oh yeah she in the concept art she kind of looked like uh tiny tina yeah right from borderlands but, but in the film i don't know she's just kind of slutty yeah <laughs> yeah yep yeah, and Deathhead was uh, was like enormous, Stupid. bulky kind of like uh, what's the big guy from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome? Like the you know like the kind of big lumbering, scary looking guy. But in this, he or was the guy from the Punisher. Yeah, yeah, right. But in this, he 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 was big, but he was just a German guy, mm-hmm. big German guy. Like yeah, it, the yeah the concept art was was different, and I, I assume budgetary and time I know. constraints. But then. I feel like they just could have made such a better movie. Sure. Had if, they... if they had explored all of these things better. Yeah. Um, I really felt like uh, we've mentioned that there is a like a little person who is terrifying in this, and I really don't feel like it ever got <clears throat> it ever got scarier or more intense than no. than his scenes. And he was like, like, sorry, spoilers. He's like the first guy they encounter, right? And then after that. Oh, actually, sorry. No, the the chainsaw guys that got intense as well. The psycho, the psycho, psycho head and psycho the head clowns. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, but really, nobody was as scary as that that little guy. No, not like, at all. He was, he was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and because half of what he said was in Spanish, right? So you don't even. I mean, unless you speak Spanish, we don't. And he got so much screen he time. Saying. He got so much screen time and was so well developed. And that sequence, that whole sequence, was great. And I don't, I just really don't think the film ever got back up to the level that nope. after that, like it just kind of dropped right off. Yeah, yeah, which is a shame because some of the killers, yeah, like some of the other ones were such a cool concept. And then, yeah, especially because they play up 
like the the first character you see is Doomhead, and they talk about do- how great Doomhead is and how he's the best at this, but he and never he, does anything. And how he's the killer you send in when no one else can do it. Yeah, but yeah. he doesn't. He like he's I mean, a creepy guy, but oh, that's yeah. only because of his appearance. His, he's very gaunt. He's like very very skinny. Yes. He paints his face black, and especially his in that first was scene. Good, but he doesn't do anything. Right. So I don't know. But, but whereas yeah, like the little the fucking Nazi midget was like. My God, it's terrifying. Yeah, and I'm, I apologize if uh, <laughs> for using the word midget, but like that's I'm pretty sure that's how he's described in the film. Yep. So, <laughs> um, also the other thing that I thought was strange is Sherry Moon's character Charlie. Uh, she goes from kind of a, a quivering wreck to a clown murdering maniac instantly. Yeah, which I I. There was there was no progression, and I don't know that kind of. And out of everyone, she should have been the weakest character. Right, but then she suddenly becomes mm-hmm. the boss. the one to hold them all together. Yeah, I just kind of I didn't feel like that was developed very well. No, and also I love her, but she, I, her performance I was do not want the best. To say, I love her. Yeah, but Rob has a has a thing with using his wife in the main role of yeah. all of his films, and I really don't think she deserves that. Like, I love her. But she is not the best actress. No, and he he could get he could get people like, better suited to yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. And she would be terrific as a supporting character. Yes, she was fantastic in House of a Thousand Corpses. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, she was like really scary, and the character was really good. Yep. Baby yep. It was really good. But in in this, and also like Lords of Salem, I just don't. I mean, I mean, she's not she's no different in this. No, she she's kind of just herself. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, not even like in that situation, because like I said, I don't. I really didn't feel like it was believable that her character suddenly went from like crying in the in the cu- toilet cubicle because she's scared to right hacking to- heads off mm-hmm. <laughs> people and things. Um. Yeah, I and and I guess just overall, I feel like the film was more about trying to find something. Like they came up with a concept, and then he went. This happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then all right, let's film, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like, it seemed like it was it was written, and then maybe not revised enough to try and keep the pace steady and, and spell checks and <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, like they they're trying to get it done really quickly, and I understand. And again, I'm I liked it. Yeah, so did I. I, just, I really liked it. I just think it's very flawed. I I absolutely agree with you. Like, there were a lot of problems with it, but I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And I actually, one of the main things I don't like about it, and I'm not going to spoil it in case, you know, because in case you haven't seen it yet, is I really didn't like the ending. Neither did I. And it, I felt like it really, in like one one little change, could yeah. have redeemed itself. I thought, oh, and I cool. thought I was like, oh, that's a good ending. And then and what wasn't. I thought didn't happen. Yeah, same. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was, just, I was just really disappointed with the, with the, the way, like, I was loving it, and then, and then something different happened and And if you want to know what that is like if you've seen the film yeah let us know and we'll talk to you about it online i don't want to spoil it here yeah but yeah just i didn't like the end just one change that just could have saved it right um so apparently he's planning to make another film yeah yep like what is that about well i'm not sure anyone knows what it's about i can't find any details so he like this one was crowd crowd funded yep so I guess he wants to do that again. Mm-hmm. And this album that he recently put out 
uh, I'm going to have to read the name, so give me a second, because there's <laughs> no way I will... Like, I listen to this album, there's oh, yeah. no way I will ever remember what it is called. No, I... the, the album, Electric Warlock, Acid Witch, Satanic Orgy, Celebration Dispenser. Mm-hmm. He feels like this is the best album they have put out mm-hmm. in a long time, and he loves it. He said... Like everybody says, this is our best record yet, uh-huh. but they actually believe it. <laughs> Seriously, our most fucked up musical monster piece to date. So many kick-ass songs, but I think my favorite track is Well, Everybody's Fucking in a UFO, which is actually my least favorite track on the album. Yeah, I feel like that song captures everything that, that worries me about the way Rob Zombie makes albums. Exactly. It's like, it just seems like it's the cheapest. Yep. Like, I'm sorry, Rob, if you ever hear this, like, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I've been a fan for so long, but this album, I really feel like it's, it's like gone the wrong direction. And if you are a Rob Zombie fan, this, this quote from him will mean a little bit more. He says, not since Hellbilly Deluxe have I spent this long putting an album together and it was worth the wait. And if you listen to the two of these albums, there is a huge difference. Yeah. Hellbilly Deluxe is Is one of the best ones. It's so good. And then this one, I feel like, yeah, like I said, it's just... Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it just doesn't translate because there's there's not as much going on in the songs. But it really just feels like it was, it was like two minutes long. It's a bunch of singles, a bunch of catchy singles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Well, he says that he was so in love with this record that he wants to make a fucking movie to go with it. <laughs> and he put out a call to arms, and he said, "I just want two hundred of the weirdest, most hardcore zombie fans to be a part of it. That's if you've got what it takes." Because if you back this project, you could be in it. Right. All right. So, so, I mean, there's no other details, right? We don't know what's going on no, with this. No, I think this is just a comment that he made. Okay. He enjoyed making the last movie, and he says, I want to make another one. <laughs> and I loved this album. Because I don't know. I don't know what this movie yeah, could be I about. Mean, look, if, if it follows movie's... the record, I have no idea. <laughs> this is not like a Tommy-style album right, like, like it does not really follow a story <laughs> i would love for this movie to come out and then watch it and be like oh i get it and just have been wrong about yeah about what i think his motivations may be at the moment but uh yeah i don't know <clears throat> i don't know well i mean so we talked a lot about rob zombie uh and you know normally we would talk about um the influence behind the film and like kind of stuff and we did we did try and... We did some research, but we did have trouble with this one. And, man, I had to wade through some shit. Oh, wow. So... So the reason that Rob Zombie said that he had this idea, um, he came up with this after reading a statistic saying that more people go missing on Halloween than any other night. Yeah. So that is why this movie takes place in Halloween. This is an explanation for that, that there are crazies in the world who just take people hostage and kill them off. Yeah. In a betting scheme. So that's why they go missing, according to Rob Zombie. So we tried to find the source of that statistic. Yep. And uh, the, I could not find anything. No. I have found a lot of statistics about missing people. Uh-huh. Um, I believe there are about 900,000 a year uh-huh. uh, that go missing, which has gone up since the 80s, where it was about 150,000 a year. Okay. But there are no more people that go missing on any night than any other right halloween is no different right yeah and and i the the most interesting thing i could find which 
ended up being like this rabbit hole yeah. <laughs> was a series of articles that they kind of all linked to each other and they were about um, children going missing on Halloween. But then <laughs> the as you read the articles, they were all based on the fact that they think these satanic cults are kidnapping children and raping and murdering them. Right, and so then, it's all ritualistic sacrifice. And then when they get into the facts, it's all like, you know, like the presidents uh, of... Like, actually, literally, the presidents are involved, and it's the Illuminati, and it's like, it's just, it's just not true. Right, <laughs> right. There was actually an episode of Sword and Scale about that concept. Right, where... Uh, two episodes. I yeah. Think, I think it was episodes four and five. It was somewhere around there. But about yeah. the fact that all the, the biggest heads of, like, America are in on this secret society where they... Kidnap, kidnap children and rape young boys yeah i'm like all right <laughs> right C citation needed yes yes <laughs> um yeah and then obviously there are a bunch of articles about how you shouldn't celebrate halloween because uh, uh satan yeah because satan and jesus yeah. doesn't like it and right and you know like <sighs> people who who believe that that it's evil uh you know well i mean you know I don't think that's true at all. It's just a goofy little holiday, and no. I don't believe in any of that stuff. So Right. So we really could not find any sources for these facts. Mm -hmm. There are either the the facts from, like, actual statistics. Right. Like the um, missing people's Yeah. So facts. the Center oh. for Exploited and Missing Children says that no more children go missing on Halloween than any other night. Uh, and in fact, in 2008, they were quoted as saying that no children had gone missing on Halloween uh, in the past five years. So between 2003 and 2008. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Um, this is a quote from the Internet. So take it with a grain of salt. But, that's right. Um, but then, I mean, yeah. And then I got this other article here that says daughter of satanic programmer exposes what really goes on during Halloween. It so, goes it goes from actual statistics to crazy religious people. Yeah. So. And and it just seems like it's the same as any other night. Now, and, and that, I'm not saying that Rob Zombie didn't read that. No. Because, I mean, I read all sorts of shit in but, the last two weeks. Um, yeah, but I don't know if his uh, source was very credible. Yeah. No, but I mean, that was that's how he got the idea. That's yeah, all that it doesn't matters, need really. to be an actual statistic. Yeah. All he, like, he saw it and he thought, what a cool idea for a movie. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. But we're just explaining why we had a very hard time yeah. coming up with some... Because uh, we some thought information for you on this. Because we thought that was really interesting, and we were gonna we were gonna use that as our angle yep. and, and look right into this, and then all we could find was because Satan rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I, the moral of the story is um, you're no less safe on Halloween than you are any other night of the year, so don't worry about it. Right. I mean, there are some other interesting things that I did find, mm -hmm. and I mean, we've even done one of these so escape rooms have become a, like a phenomenon recently right they started in japan they they have different themes so you have like uh we did one that was based on indiana jones for example uh, but there are horror ones and uh there are uh adventure and there, i think they're even like you know like kids ones that are based on like kids movies oh, yeah. and stuff like that where it's like you're just solving puzzles but the premise is that you get locked in a room uh with a bunch of clues and you've got to try and figure out, and and some of them are very elaborate. Where like you've actually got to 
physically interact with with elaborate machines and things to get doors open and find electronic locks and keypad codes and, and things like that. And you right. basically got to try and escape this room within the right. time limit. I think they have been toned down a little bit. When they were originally created, I think they were more horror Yeah, based. right. There are there was an article uh, a few years ago about a trend in America for extreme haunted houses. Yep, I remember that. Yep. Where you had to sign a waiver before you went in and it was kind of the same concept. You had to try and make your way through this thing and But that wasn't really an escape room. You didn't have to figure no. anything out. It was more of like those Halloween haunted hayride kind of things where people jumped yes. out at you. Except in this one, uh, I think they were allowed to touch you, yes. which they're not able to do in most of the the kid friendly ones. Right. Um and they are also able to like berate you personally. Yeah. And the idea is to get you out of there. Yeah. Like you are supposed to survive this thing. Yeah, like you you stay in there until you can't take it anymore. And apparently like some of them were very questionable in that they contained very very graphic sexual content and 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 violence. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, there was an article about them that said that not sure if this is a good trend or not because <laughs> people just uh turn their houses into these extreme things and it's like well why are people doing that like wh- what does it say about the person whose whose house it is if they're like doing all this crazy shit right. to people like you know maybe we don't want to be encouraging that <laughs> um i do remember a really cool thing i i haven't been able to find this since um if you can find the videos please send them to me because i used to love them and we we wanted to hire this guy out for our friends but um chainsaw wake up used to oh, yeah. be this thing <laughs> where you could hire a guy to just come in and prank your friends. Like he would dress up in almost like a leather face yeah. style outfit with a chainsaw without the the chain on it. Yeah. So it would just rev it. But he would stand over your bed and rev it and wake you up. And I loved the videos. <laughs> but I can't I can't really find the website anymore. I guess he's not really in operation now. <laughs> Got shut down. Because I would love to hire that guy out for something. Yeah. Um, another trend I found, uh, I think rapper. Yeah. Adam Thicke. I'm not sure. Not not the guy you're thinking of. <laughs> you can tell by my face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Robin yeah. Thicke is no, what you not him. Of? <laughs> yeah. Uh, rapper Adam Thicke started this thing called extreme kidnapping. Um, <laughs> right. Where you pay to get kidnapped, and this is full on. Like they will come to your workplace, or they will come to whatever. Uh like tie you up, right. put a gag on you, throw you in the trunk of a car and take you to a torture cell. Huh. Right. Okay. So he, I think currently is based in New Orleans. Um, I believe he was in Detroit okay. first and then moved down to New Orleans. Um, but that company as of last April was up for sale and <laughs> it was possible that it will get a reality TV show. Wow. Where they actually kidnap people. <laughs> it's, uh, that episode of Idiot Abroad where they kidnap Carl in, um, <laughs> in Israel. That was pretty funny. Um, yeah, th- that reminds me actually of uh, of The Game, the film The Game. I haven't seen that one. With Michael Douglas? Oh, maybe we should do that. Although, I mean, we kind of covered <laughs> that backstory. But that is a great film where he, uh, he gets... Um, <laughs> it's kind of like that where he, he there's a company that that you can hire to do these kind of extreme experiences mm-hmm. and he uh he he does or someone buys it for him i think as a gift because they're trying to teach him to be a bit more um 
in the moment uh, and things get out of hand and he can't tell what's part of the game and what's what's real. It's a, No, it's a really good film. It's a Fincher film, David Fincher. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really good. stars Michael Douglas. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, listeners, check that one out if you haven't seen it. And also <laughs> Jenna. <laughs> we should watch it. Well, we thought this would be a good one to do because Halloween is coming up. Yeah. And because it is fresh out. Yes, that's right. Go check it out. Uh, like, it is good. I mean, we've been a bit harsh on it, but I mean, it was really no, entertaining. No, I mean, it's Rob Zombie. I feel yeah. like I feel like we can be harsh on him, but still yeah. love him. <laughs> that's right. Like, it was good. It was a great film. Like, it is what it is. It's not, uh, you know, you're not going to learn anything about yourself or human nature or anything. No. You're just going to see a bunch of people get... Just going to have a fun time. Cut up with chainsaws and yeah. shit. Yeah. It is very gory, though. So if you don't like that, I yeah. would stay away from this one. Yeah. And, and yeah, if, if you're willing to put up with the gore to, to kind of, you know... To be challenged, uh, you know, with some ideas. It's not that kind of film. No. You'd be challenged with chainsaws. <laughs> um, I would like to know your favorite Rob Zombie film, though. Yeah. If you want to send that in to us. Yeah, let us know. Necronominom at multiplenerdgasm.com. Or you can find us uh, mnerdgasm on Twitter, uh, multiplenerdgasm on Facebook and Instagram. Like, anywhere that we're, we're online. Get in touch with us. Let us know which of his films is your favorite and why. Yep. And you can listen to some of our older episodes at necronominom.com. Mm-hmm. And the question I will leave you with, mm-hmm. other than your favorite Rob Zombie film, what film have you excused because you love the writer or director? Mm, which one gets a pass just because they're a, they're a favorite of yours? All right. We will see you next month. Goodbye. Enjoy Halloween.